0: St. Augustine talks about the whole Christ meaning Christ and his church Jesus says I'm the vine you're the branches one living organism from the roots right down under the ground to the topmost twigs it's one living organism Jesus says I'm the vine, you're the branches you're living in me, I'm living in you one organism When we're baptized, we're baptized into this organism. We're baptized into Christ. And Christ starts living in us. St. Paul found this out on the road to Damascus. He was off, you remember, to persecute Christians. That's where he was going, to Damascus. And his job was to try to collect Christians and put them in prison. And suddenly there was this blinding flash and he fell to the ground and he heard the voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who is it, Lord? And the voice comes back, it's Jesus whom you are persecuting. And ever after that, when St. Paul looked into the eyes of a Christian, he felt he was meeting the gaze of Christ This is a strange reality that somehow Christ wants to incorporate into himself the entire human race. Every human being, because he's a human being, is capable of this incorporation. The human soul, it's a capacity for God. Christ wants to draw all men into himself. And those who are baptized, they're baptized into Christ, they become living members of Christ. So that what they do, somehow it's Christ acting in them. St. Paul says somewhere, with Christ I'm nailed to the cross and yet I'm alive, or rather not I. It's Christ who's living in me. Somehow Christ identifies himself with a Christian St. Paul talks about the head and the body the head and the limbs of the body making up the whole Christ St. Augustine says somewhere Christ has grown now he stretches right across the world Christ our Lord somehow in his members all baptised into him make up the whole Christ One way of looking at this doctrine of the mystical body is this. From all eternity, God the Son loves his Father. Now God the Son enters the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and emerges as man, without abdicating his Godhead, of course. He can't. And this boy who's growing up in Nazareth is God the Son and also Son of Mary. And now God, who from all eternity is infinitely adorable, now has an infinite adorer. And we can think of the delight that Jesus experienced when talking to his father and adoring him as he could in his human nature and telling him of his love. And when Jesus grew up, it was his great joy to be able to talk to people about his father and say how good his father was, who made his son rise on the good and bad and loved all people. You read through the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord really enjoys telling us about the goodness of his father. Or think of that story, we call it the prodigal son, but you could call the parable better, perhaps the prodigal father, the father who was so prodigal in his love and forgiveness. That's a story that comes us from Jesus, telling us about his father. And think of Jesus spending the night out on the hills, praying, adoring his father. But it's as though one lifetime didn't satisfy his desires to love his father in. One heart wasn't enough for him to love his father with. One mouth wasn't enough for him to speak about his father with. He wanted a whole multitude of lifetimes, a whole host of hearts with which to serve and love his father. And so he created his church and he's taken hold of you and me and in us and through us he wants to continue to love and serve his father. So if in your prayers you say Dear Father in heaven, I do love you. Surely that's Jesus who's living in you by grace, who's continuing to love his Father. Somehow it's as though we lend Jesus another human nature in which he can love his Father and speak about his Father. Let's get back to the Mass. Now we say that the Mass is the same as the sacrifice of Calvary but there some obvious differences. And the first difference is that on Calvary there was bloodshed and suffering and sin, I suppose, on the part of the people who condemned him, and then, of course, our Lord's death. But in the Mass, there's no sin, no suffering, no bloodshed, no death. That's an obvious difference. Another difference is this. Calvary was primarily a sacrifice for sin. It was the sacrifice which redeemed us. While the Mass is primarily a thanksgiving sacrifice, a gift which the redeemed offer to the Father in thanksgiving for all the benefits of redemption. But another great difference, and the one that concerns us now, is this. That on Calvary, Jesus was the only priest and the only victim. But in the Mass, all those who are baptized into Jesus are priests with him and victims with him. And the Mass is the sacrifice in which the whole church offers herself to the Father in union with her divine head so when you come to Mass you have to offer sacrifice, that's what you come for the victim is Jesus and you and when you're at Mass you should try to offer yourself with Jesus to the Father during the war I remember I was in a prisoner of war camp in Thailand and in that camp it was just sort of built of bits of bamboo we had a priest, a marvellous priest, Father Marsden, Australian and he used to offer mass every morning but there was no chapel he used to offer it in what was the operating theatre well the operating theatre was just one end of a bamboo hut screened off And the only furniture in it was a bamboo table about six or seven foot long, I suppose, and about a couple of feet broad. And he used to offer mess on that operating table at at seven o'clock every morning. And one day, I was in for the first operation. And I was lying down on this bamboo table, waiting for the anaesthetic, and not really enjoying things. And then I thought to myself, who was the last person to be lying on this table? And I thought it was Jesus. And I thought, and what was he doing? And I realized he was offering himself to the Father with the dispositions that he had on Calvary, offering himself in love and adoration and to make up for sin. And so while I was waiting for the anesthetic, I tried to distract myself by thinking of that and trying to make my heart like his. And when we we're at Mass, we should try to make our hearts like the heart of Jesus. The so Mass really should be a sort of school in which we learn how to love God.